and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? This is it! Five, six, seven, eight. You've got talent. Let's see what we can do with it. You're gonna make me believe that you belong on that stage. Dancing on that show is my dream. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> Cream-colored ponies and crisp apple strudels. And welcome, folks, to the Movie Musical Shakedown. I am one of your hosts, Chris Peterson, founder and editor-in-chief of Onstage Blog at onstageblog.com. Absolutely thrilled and ecstatic and excited and all the amazing adjectives that you're joining us for the season three premiere of the movie musical shakedown i can't believe we are now almost basically three seasons you know into this podcast when i used to do these podcasts sometimes they would last two episodes and now we're in season three which is crazy and i cannot think of a better way to kick off the third season than by doing one of the most iconic movie musicals of all time, which is 1966's The Sound of Music. And this is a movie that uh, has become obviously a classic. It's become a holiday tradition. I I know that a lot of the major networks usually air it around Thanksgiving time, uh, which is obviously a great time to introduce this movie to a new generation every single year. Um, It's iconic for many reasons, whether it's Julie Andrews, whether it's amazing locations, whether it's the songs from Rodgers and Hammerstein. Um, it is it is just an absolute treasure of a film. It's one of my favorite movie musicals of all times. I know it's one of Nicole's favorite movies of all time. We're going to get into it of why, uh, which is personal for both of us, which is, is awesome. We both have personal stories regarding this movie. Uh, we're going to talk about the locales. We're going to be talking about the amazing cast, these songs. This is one of those few musicals, as silly as this sounds, I'm going to say it right now, that I feel transcends its composers. Yes, we all know it's Rodgers and Hammerstein's, but when you say Sound of Music, it's it almost exists by itself, as opposed to Carousel, Oklahoma, um, you know, King and I, which are very, very Rodgers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma, Rodgers and Hammerstein's Carousel. This is the Sound of Music. I mean, it really just feels like it, it almost transcends the names uh, of its composers. But anyway, like I said, we're going to get into all of that. Real quick, though, before we, we jump in... Um, this Onstage Blog Podcast Network is is really developed into something really awesome. Um, now that a lot of us are spending time from home due to the coronavirus, um, you're going to be getting a lot more episodes of this podcast in particular. But if anybody is out there is interested in doing these podcasts, um, please email me at onstageblog at gmail.com. If you have an existing podcast that you just want more ears to listen to, let me know and we can just kind of share it from our podcast website uh, where we're getting really just a bunch of listens, you know, every single day. So, um, like I said, now's the time to do it since we all seem to have a little bit more time on our hands. Uh, and why not do it by talking about the things that we love, which is, of course, theater and movie musicals. So there you go. So if you're interested, uh, email us again at onstageblog at gmail.com. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Nicole is going to join us. We're going to break it all down. But first, as always, here is the trailer. The hills are 
Maria, how do you catch a cloud and pin it down? How do you find a word that means Maria? A flippity gibbet, a will o' the wisp, a clown. I am 16, going on 17. I know that I'm naive. Girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes, snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes, silver white winters that melt into springs. These are a few of my favorite things. So, a needle crawling thread, la, a note to Fasso, tea, a drink with jam and bread, that will bring us back to the I simply remember my favorite things, and then I don't feel so bad. And welcome back. To the movie musical shakedown, I am now joined with my gorgeous co-host, Miss Nicole Peterson. How are you? I'm good. And we have just finished watching the, the best movie ever. Maybe the best movie ever. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the 1966 iconic "The Sound of Music," mm-hmm. um, one of the greatest movie musicals of all time. I've been putting this off for a while. I didn't want to kind of hit you know all the iconic musicals in a row early on in this podcast. I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of Save this one. So I've been saving this one for a while, and the time has come. We are stuck at home. We're and stuck nothing at to home. do. <laughs> so watch musicals. There's gonna be a lot of uh, of these podcasts <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I was really excited to do this one. It is one of my favorite movie musicals of all time. It's one of the first musicals that I really got into as a as a young person, and really kind of opened the door for my love of movie movie musicals. Uh, first time I saw this. Start to finish was probably middle school, high school. Really? Yeah, I I hadn't had a well, lot. You of were experience. in it in high school. Well, I was gonna get to that. Yeah. So the reason why I watched the entirety of it was that I found out that we were doing it for our high school musical, my freshman year, and so I watched the entire movie, um, and uh, I definitely had illusions of grandeur that I was gonna be cast as either Max or as Rolf. Um, so, having watched it so late in life, what did you do on family hikes? We you didn't, didn't sing while you climbed. No, no, <laughs> like we, my family did. No, there was none of that. <laughs> not, not, in, not in my household. No, um, but yeah, definitely had illusions of grandeur that I was going to cast as one of those two roles as a freshman in high school, and ended up being cast as a party guest slash Nazi soldier. Now, for those of you who don't know who I am or don't know what, what I look like... He's uh, Asian. I am Korean. And um, so being cast as a party guest, sure. Yeah. Being cast as a Nazi soldier, as a, a Korean, um, was a little confusing at first. I won't lie. Uh, I, I, and by the way, our costume was uh, swastika and uh. all, so it was. Not, it wasn't like I could pretend to be like the Japanese uh, wing of the Nazi party <laughs> at that point um, it, during that time. But I did get to have a cool moment. Uh, I was the soldier that runs in after the family concert to say they're gone. <laughs> so doing my best German, okay. they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty bad. But I remember when I ran into the theater one night. Uh, my teacher, my, one of my English teachers, who was teaching a class at the time called Literature of the Holocaust, 
Miss Betty Blue, Betty Lou Blumberg, um, looked at me <laughs> with a kind of like a what? <laughs> and then, and I knew I was, I was maybe miscast in that role. But anyway, uh, Nicole, when, when was the first time that you saw this? Do you remember? Um, it, it's an elementary school, but I've been watching it my whole life, so mm-hmm. I don't really know the first time. But um, I think was it ABC who used to put this on around Christmas time? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a holiday staple of some Which sort. is yeah. ironic because it takes place like, it looks like in the springtime. And in the not, a, not a Christmas movie. No, not, not a that's okay. Yeah. It's a smushy movie. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that was probably one of my first viewings was an ABC holiday presentation or something. Nice, but. nice. And you've watched it like... I don't want to say annually, but like every couple of years. Every I couple watch years, it. yeah. I mean, have you have you ever discovered new things about the movie that you're like, oh, just the, I mean, the politics of it, I understand a whole lot better. It's not just about a right. family who sings and they fight bad guys with their beautiful songs, because that's what I thought when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and also, as a child who loved to go hiking and climbing and run through fields of flowers. This was, like, right up my alley. I right. thought I was Maria for a very long time. Well, let's talk about that. So <laughs> the movie opens in silence, by the way. So yes. a lot of people don't understand, like, when you when you turn this movie on, all you see is that 20th Century Fox logo come yeah. on. Uh, and there's nothing. You don't get that, like, that drum roll mm-hmm. typical thing that you get with the 20th Century Fox. It, it really begins with silence. And then you hear air and nature and birds chirping. And then you get these beautiful, beautiful shots mm-hmm. of um, Austria. Mm-hmm. And um, and then that, that camera swoops in at the end. It almost is a single shot. It, yeah. Up until like the last moment, it's a single shot. And then Rhea turns around and you hear this crescendo of music. Yes. And the probably, I think, the most iconic mm-hmm. f- opening number in, yep. in musical movie musical Which history. is ironic because it's a solo. Yeah, <laughs> and it's short. It's a short. I mean, yeah. she really does what like, to, I, I guess one verse, a bridge, and then it's over. I mean, it's not like it's a uh, long song. No, I think I think there's another chorus in Is there because she's you know kicking rocks and walking through trees and things too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, a minute and a half, two minutes max. So yeah, but gorgeous, gorgeous opening number. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when we think about some of these iconic movie musicals and how they begin, yeah, um, the only one I can think of where it is like, I guess like, focused entirely on its its setting is West Side Story. Right. It's this and West Side Story where it's like you get these beautiful shots of New York City mm-hmm. uh, in the nineteen sixties, and and then you get these shots. Um, in in Sound of Music, interestingly enough, done by a helicopter back in the day. Yes. Um, and a cool outtake. I really want to see this outtake now. But apparently, uh, Julie Andrews said that when she's doing that little turn and she's running up the hill, she is stamping her feet into the ground as hard as she possibly can uh, because I guess the helicopter actually blew her over <laughs> a couple times. I just want to see those outtakes of like, like Julie Andrews. Julie, yeah, hill. like doing that like turn and then like falling over. That'd be amazing. But um, the movie uh, was almost entirely filmed. In Salzburg, obviously, all the exterior shots um, were filmed out there, uh, but the, everything else was filmed in LA, which I thought was pretty interesting. That they didn't film inside studios in Europe, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But um, also interesting note that that gazebo, that the very famous gazebo, uh, where I'm 16 going on 17, and yes. then you get the something good later on, yep. um, was not actually on that property that they filmed, and, and huh. but since then has been moved onto the property that they filmed on. 
So for, for people that want to take tours and things like that, uh, it is like, oh, here. here. But that, it didn't, like, Nazi leaders take over that house? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I want, like, in my heart, I'm like, oh, I'd love to go see that house. But in my head, I'm also like, I don't, uh, I don't think I want to go see that anymore. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. But anyway, uh, when this movie came out, highest grossing movie musical of all time until, do you know which movie surpassed it? No. <laughs> I'm joking. No, no, I don't know. Greece. Greece. Okay. Greece then. Uh, but it, apparently when you add in inflation, Sound of Music is still number one of all time. Okay. Um, uh, open to mixed reviews, surprisingly. The New York Times savaged this movie. Well, I think if you... Other movies that were coming out at that time were trying to go against the big musical. But oh. this musical is not a standard on a backdrop it's not Oklahoma, even though Oklahoma's awesome. It's not Oklahoma. It's shot, you know, on location mm-hmm. and takes on not as darkly as it could, but it takes on some politics and things like that. So New York Times can just chill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but despite its mixed reviews, box office success, like I mentioned, went on to get 10 Oscar nominations, won five, including Best Director and Best Picture. Because people love to sing in the woods. There you go. Yep. It beat out uh, another amazing classic epic movie, Dr. Zhivago, that year, uh, which is why um, it didn't win all 10. Pretty much it, it split the Oscars between Dr. Zhivago and Sound of Music. And then Julie Andrews was nominated for an Oscar for this, did not win. She lost to Julie Christie, not for Dr. Zhivago, but for another movie uh, that I cannot remember the title. <laughs> Lots of Julies, though. Julie Christie, but like, what a year for Julie Christie, by the way. I mean, you know, was in Dr. Zhivago. Easily could be nominated for that role. Then she was nominated for something else and won that instead. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, AFI, American Film Institute, ranked this as the number four movie musical of all time. Nicole, can you guess what the first three were? I know. Well, which year? 2007? Of, of when they made the this AFI? list? The AFI, yeah. Which yeah, AFI so assume, assume it's like, let me put it this way. It's none of these movies, none of the first three came out after 2007. Um, no, I'm just saying because the list has changed. Oh, has it from changed? From the first list to the most recent list. I, um, I don't know. So, 2001, Singing in the Rain, and Rosebud. What's it called? No, no, Citizen movie Kings. movie musicals. Oh, movie musicals. Yes. Oh, man. Now you're just confusing yourself. I thought <laughs> you just meant movies. No, movie so, musicals. Singing in the Rain. That's one. Um, West Side Story. It's two. And oh man, can't be the chorus line movie, even though chorus line should be on this list. Um, oh, Christopher, I don't know. Wizard of Oz. Ah, oh, yeah. Okay. So those are the first three, and then Sound of Music is number four, which I oh. actually agree one hundred percent with. Yeah, I think that I think that's a perfect uh, place for them. Um, you can take the location tour when you go to Salzburg. You can actually take a tour, and actually, if you look at Lin Manuel Miranda's YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Um, after he left Hamilton, he took a summer vacation with his entire family, <laughs> uh, like sisters, brothers, cousins. They all went to Salzburg and they filmed like a do re mi video <laughs> uh, with his with his dad playing Maria, which is that's um, wonderful. Really, really awesome to see. Um, this movie, interestingly enough, uh, cool fun fact, uh, is is credited as becoming one of the first movies. Uh, that sparked the non-sploitation films of the 1960s and 70s. <clears throat> now, for, for those of you who don't know what this means, um, non-sploitation movies apparently are about um, 
movies where nuns start to question their faith and then consider leaving the the um, abbey the abbey so to speak i i i tried to do some research into other movies that are examples of this a lot of them are based in italy um and a lot of them are very violent like it's like you know none with a machine gun or something like that it's oh my very goodness. yeah but this was considered like one of the first nun exploitation movies where it was like oh nuns questioning faith and things like that anyway i thought that was interesting um popular meme has come out of this movie uh, of all the memes you can think of uh the tearing of the nazi flag where the captain does captain von trapp tears a nazi flag uh sadly we've seen a lot of that since yes. that, since 2016 uh but that's another topic i guess yeah. you'd say for another day uh but let's talk about the cast yeah let's get into the cast so you've got julie andrews amazing amazing right um incredible incredible start to her career the mm-hmm. first four years of her career she does mary poppins Sound of Music, Thoroughly Modern Millie, and then Star, which are four, I would say, two amazing movie musicals and two good movie musicals. Um, Is this her most iconic role? Oh, it's hard to say. I mean, for me, yes. But for children, probably Mary Poppins or The Princess Diaries. (laughs) That's true. That's true. (laughs) Because my students know her from The Princess Diaries, and when I do this musical in class, they're like, oh, she did other things. So... Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it is so tough to say which is her more iconic role. I think she gives a better performance in Sound of Music than she does in Mary Poppins, acting-wise. Yeah. Um, but it's it's so tough. Mm-hmm. It is so tough. It, it's it's really a coin flip, I think. You know, And there's no wrong answer, no. I think, either. You know? and, um, because Julie's the best. She's great. And you know, may she live forever. Yes, so there please. you go. Um, Christopher Plummer. What are your thoughts on Christopher Plummer in this movie? Handsome man. (laughs) (laughs) Who I also, I was just telling Christopher this, that I always get him mixed up with Christopher Lee. (laughs) And whenever I see Christopher Plummer, I always think of Lord of the Rings, which I know is not correct. Which is is not correct, and you shouldn't think of that. But okay. Um, Yeah, I think he's great too. I think he adds levity to this. I think he adds acting cred to this Mm -hmm. movie. Um, apparently hated this movie. I know. It makes me sad. I don't he, like to think about like, that. He had an awful time filming this movie. He did not like it. Um, he he apparently ate and drank heavily during production. <laughs> so they actually had to keep letting out his costumes because he kept gaining weight. Really? Um, he... <laughs> In one interview, he called it S and M because he just had such a terrible, uh. torturous time uh, filming this movie. Uh, which is again, like I think you you have to be a certain type of actor and a certain type of person to not have fun. I think on a production yes. like Sound of Music, especially when you got kids. Well, maybe if he maybe he was just taking himself a wee bit too seriously. Possibly. I mean, he was in that age range where he know, doesn't want to be doing a kids movie. Maybe. Exactly. Exactly. Um. And then I gotta mention it. I mean, Charmaine Carr as as Liesl. Uh, what awesome. what what teenage boy has not had a crush on you know Charmaine Carr at some point? Who's seen mm-hmm. this movie? I mean, I I know I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and to her credit, this is the only movie she ever did. She did yeah. a couple TV series, like an episode of a TV series, uh, and that was it. And this and that was you know. And then she was done. Um, and sadly, she passed away in 2016. Uh, I think she's the only child. Or Von Trapp person in this in this movie has who has passed away sadly, uh, passed away at seventy three, which is too young mm-hmm. these days, too young. But um, great performance there. What other general thoughts did you have about this movie? Um, the opening scene always gives me chills mm-hmm. every time, no matter what. Um, I realized 
for the first time that apparently I sing along to every song you when do. this movie's on. You and do. Uh, that I've only ever watched it alone since I was a kid. So sorry, Chris. Um, I love watching Julie Andrews and I Have Confidence. It's like the biggest hype song ever. It's not like what an original, I do. Yeah, not an original song from the original musical, but added for the movie. And well, I just—it's like a hype song. It's like what I do, you know, while I'm doing my hair in the bathroom every morning. It's like, whew, it's good. Um, let's see, Christopher Plummer is very handsome. Liesel's dresses, I love. I really yeah. wanted to be her. Um, I always like wanted to have a Rolf, and then rewatching this as I every year as I no. get older, I'm like, no, Rolf, no. no. Um, <laughs> I love watching children frolic. That always makes me happy. Let's see. Uh, love the wedding dress. Uh, the house needs some color. Man, that is stark. It is a stark. <laughs> and it doesn't get warmer in any way, shape, or form no. as the movie goes on. So it's not like after they get married, Maria comes in and brings her, her sense of no. style. I mean, she's coming from an abbey, so how much style can she actually have? But like, yeah, I agree. And only, the first thing that Maria does when she walks into the house is immediately gets nosy and starts looking in rooms right away. Maria, let's have some decorum. That's true. Like, all right, those are my only general thoughts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, well, let's get into the categories. So, dusty room moments. We know yeah. that sometimes these movies give us some emotional chills or tears or whatnot. Uh, Nicole, did you have any dusty room moments in this movie? Um, a couple. So, mm-hmm. the opening scene always... Always gives you chills. I know. Yeah. Um, when the children are singing and dad joins in for the first time. Oh, it's wonderful. And then, of course, whenever they sing Edelweiss, because that's what I sing to my dog, who is soft and white, small and bright. That's true. <laughs> but not clean. Not, not clean. Not clean. She's it's... gross, but I love her. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I didn't really have any dusty room moments this time around watching it. I mean, maybe that's because you were singing along to every song. <laughs> I took them all away. <laughs> took all away. Voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 you know, definitely the chills of the, the opening sequence. Um, but I could see where certain emotional things hit here and there, mm-hmm. like at, you know, in the concert hall when they're singing Edelweiss and mm-hmm. the captain can't continue singing it cause he gets mm-hmm. too emotional. Oh. It's, a, it's a good moment. Yes. It's a good moment and a half. So yeah, but, um, I can definitely see where those, those moments, uh, came up. Um, how about any yeesh moments? Anything in this movie that has not aged well? Yes. Go ahead. Um, watching happy children ride trains in Austria made me feel very uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a precursor there. Um, any others? Um, just Max. Uh, he just kind of gave me weird feelings the whole time. And I know like he turns it around at the end, but his ambivalence is very disconcerting throughout the whole movie. Um, let's see. When they sing the Maria song at the wedding, that's like a serious dig. Let Maria have her day. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> I, I, I tried, when you said that while we were watching, I tried to think about like why they would put that, that reprise in the wedding scene. Right. And is it, is it like you to show... You solve the problem like Maria to marry her off and get her out of the abbey. Right. I don't, I yeah, I don't know. I, and I tried to say, well, maybe it's showing like how she's grown as a person or maybe how the nuns were wrong or something but I'm like yeah none of it no. really fits for me it's like you just maybe put climb every mountain there or yes. like, or or maybe just the instrumental right and make it a march i don't know i don't know i yeah my only other like how many nazis are at that wedding like that made me really uncomfortable like thinking about all of the evil people that are probably in that church well you know it's i know it is what it is 
<laughs> yeah, there were probably a lot of uh, Nazis there. Um, yeah, and all of Rolf stuff, but you know, Rolf. Well, I think that's the. Th- so that's an interesting point. Is that I, I've heard mixed debate about you are seventeen going mm-hmm. or sixteen going on seventeen as being kind of a problematic song now, and to me. I don't see it that way no. because it's just two teenagers talking to each other and that's the way teenagers yes. talk to each other. Um, what I do find more problematic is in the first scene where Maria meets the captain and he asks her to spin around. Well, yes, I didn't <laughs> I like that like, either. It's like, what, why, what does that have to do with anything? Well, and honestly, I the 16 Going on 17 song, the two teenagers singing to each other is fine. They're a year apart, whatever. They're singing to each other. They're wooing each other. But the only thing in there that bothered me is that he's talking about preparing her for a world of men and how she's not ready to be in a world of men. And I'm like, so that that's a little weird. Yeah, Just well, I, I think this is what happens when you have songs about girls that are written by two middle-aged men. Yes. And so <laughs> that's, that's you know... Yeah. I mean, I just, I think it could have been a little bit more innocent. Mm-hmm. But that's that. Yeah, I, I, I completely you know agree where you're coming from on that end. Um, other than that, I, I didn't really have any yeesh moments. No. Um, you know. No, I mean, the, the yeesh stuff that I found was not things that could be changed because they are historical fact. It just made me uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, let's get into some lingering questions because I have some of yes. this movie. Um, first off, how many, how many days in a row do you think that Maria and the Von Trapp families um, the kids discussed do re mi because in that so- sequence there are costume changes it clearly takes place on two different parts of the day yeah either the same day multiple days so was this a conversation that carried over multiple days do you think oh i think so yeah i mean think about when our son gets a song stuck in his head and that it could be there for <clears> weeks <throat> mm-hmm. like he could ask us the same question and sing the same song for weeks and weeks so it's true that's true how about I you think, yeah uh, let's see. What kind of name is Georg? <laughs> well, it's Greg now. Or, or George? I don't know. I don't know. But they called him Georg. I don't know. That's, is it George? Maybe. It's a it's very Austrian name, I yes. guess. Yeah. Um, how much older is Maria than Liesel? I don't know. Well, in the in real life, uh, they were 12 years apart, I think. Okay. Or, or 10 years apart. 10 years apart. So 16 and 26. Yeah. No, no, I meant like Julie Andrews and Charmaine Carr. I, okay. I think we're like 10 years apart. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Well, she's supposed to be 16, 20, yeah, probably 10 years. Okay. That would probably make sense if they were 10 years apart. It's kind of weird that she calls her mother. Like in the, yes. you know, it's like. Well, like, and that's all of, you know, especially at the end after the wedding when there's all of those like giving advice scenes and things right. like that. I'm just like, ah. You lived in an abbey. <laughs> what, what do you, you know, know of our relationships? Yeah, no, Technically, exactly. Liesl dated Rolf longer than you've ever had a boyfriend. <laughs> uh, I always felt that the escape from the theater was a lot, way too easy. Like, you've got multiple soldiers guarding entrances and exits. So when the kids run off, where do they go? How, how do no soldiers see them leave? Um, it, that just seemed way too... They're all watching the show. I guess, distracted <laughs> by the, just the show, I guess. Um, and also, I, I, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest, I think Captain Von Trapp puts his family in danger uh, by by telling Rolf 
you'll never be one of them at the end. Like they're they're fine. They're they're escaping. Yeah. He takes the gun from Rolf and he can leave and Rolf's right. not gonna do anything. And then he just has to open his mouth and say, You'll never be one of them. And that, you know, I guess gets all Rolf roll, you know, Riled angry. Up. Yeah. Uh, and does it. But um yeah, any other lingering questions? Um no do you know how old the actor who played Rolf was? No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't know. He didn't do a lot of movies either. So um but, well, and again, I think John Mulaney may have soured that scene for me a little bit. This yes, time. if anybody hasn't seen that SNL sketch yet, by the way, from the John Mulaney most recent SNL where they do 16 going on Saturday, and, and his age just keeps going up, is phenomenal. I am 33. Three. Um, also, would you say, would you agree that I think the most interesting element of this movie is something that we don't see, which is the escape? Yeah. I think if you cut out a good 20 minutes out of this in the middle of, the, of this movie, um, you could then show that that escaped to the mountain. And I think that would be um, a lot more interesting. Well, and there, if this, and we'll talk about this again later, but if it was ever remade, I think there would be a lot more politics. There would be a lot more escape. There'd be, True. you know, I think the... This movie would not be as bright and sunny as it is this time. Absolutely. All right. Well, before we get into rating the singing, acting, dancing, and design, um, let's do some casting what ifs, mm-hmm. if you will, because this movie had a bunch of them. Um, first and foremost, as the role of Maria was originally offered to Doris Day. Eh. Yeah. Would this movie have been better with Doris Day? No. Also considered, Leslie Carone was also considered for Maria. Now, I love her. I don't think she'd be a good Maria either. Mm. I think Leslie Caron and Doris Day smushed together are Julie Andrews. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, Bing Crosby, originally considered for the captain. What do you think about that? Bing Crosby, oh no. No, no, no. no. Not at all? Uh, Originally considered for the Baroness, Grace Kelly. I could see that. Yeah. But she was actually apparently offered the role, but because she had already been married to... Right. Uh, Prince uh, Rainier from yeah. um, Monaco. She she could not do the movie. Uh, and then finally, Fred Astaire was considered for Max. I could see that. He's he's slick. I think if they had had Fred Astaire in that role, then they would have probably kept the songs that Max does in the musical, mm-hmm. um, which they, they ended up cutting. So. But I also wonder, because Fred Astaire changed his name because uh, it was very Germanic. <laughs> Mm. I mean, I don't know if he'd be interested in taking up that role again. Maybe not. We'll see. Um, as the Von Trapp children, among them who mm-hmm. were considered, uh, Kurt Russell was considered at okay. one point. Um, <clears throat> Veronica Cartwright, I have no idea who that is. Um, all four of the eldest Osmond brothers. Cartwright. I feel like I've heard that name recently. Hmm. I don't know. All four of the Osmond brothers. All four of the older Osmond brothers were considered... For this movie. See, I <clears throat> I like the way they cast it. That would feel like such an American film, though. I don't. Right. It wouldn't feel like it took place outside of America. No. And then finally, the last actor who was heavily considered for one of these roles, Richard Dreyfuss as a Von Trapp ch- family child. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently was cut because he could not dance. <laughs> oh, thank goodness he was not in this movie. Can you imagine Richard Dreyfuss? <laughs> My name's Kurt, and I'm incorrigible. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Uh, Good casting decision on that end. Um, 
All right, let's rate the singing, dancing, acting, and design. Okay. Um, Nicole, how would you rate the singing in this movie? Ten. You would just give it a straight up ten. Straight up ten. Despite the fact that some of these people can't sing. I don't care. Julie Andrews. She just she just she, raises the curb. She sings every song. <clears throat> gotcha. And there just happened to be some slightly less than singers in there, but she she's the ten. I, I gave it a nine. I did. I did. I felt that the captain. Um, even though I thought he met, they apparently they dubbed that voice matched great. Christopher Plummer. I think you could have find, probably found a better voice than that. No, I think um, it suits the character though. And then the kids, the kids just you, you know. can't shut up, Jeez Louise. <laughs> uh, how about the dancing in this movie? Not much dancing, but no, I gave for the dancing that there was. I gave it an eight. It was cute. It fit. That's that. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much dancing you can do. Uh, no, and for the actual dancing, 16 going on 17, Liesl did a great job, had nice lines, pointed her feet. I like can't falter. Walking around fountains. Exactly. And, you know. <laughs> and again, it fit. Yes. And, you know, not for, I, I don't know how old the girl that played Gretel is, but, mm-hmm. you know, in that last So Long Farewell uh, at the concert hall, she's doing a good job, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, of the choreography. So she's keeping up. So I, I would actually agree with that, an eight uh, right there. How about the acting in this movie? Gave it a seven. Whoa. I know. Your low point. Why? My low point. Um, just because I feel like, and again, this might have something to do with just the script itself or how it was cut, but I feel like the relationships between Maria and the captain were a little, it was just a little, um, they didn't get to dig deep. Mm-hmm. Like, it just all happened so quickly. Now, granted, this is a three-hour movie. There's a lot of stuff going on. I have a feeling some of that was just chop, chop, chop at the end. But um, I feel like the transformation of their relationship happened more quickly than it should have. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I gave it an eight um, mm-hmm. as well, cause, just because I thought that, I think acting-wise, this is the best we've gotten from Julie Andrews at that point in her mm-hmm. career. And, um, yeah, I'm right there with you. Finally, how about the design of this movie? What do you Ten. think? Really, even the, the Stark house... Well, so not my taste. We live in a rainbow house. I mean, <laughs> our house is very colorful. Um, so not my taste, but also I think it fits the time. And if you're talking about design, you're also talking about costumes and um, those the puppet scene and mm-hmm. the I mean the huge presentation at the end of the theater. Like all of those, they're just these magnificent set pieces, and can't go wrong there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I also gave it an, an eight uh, as well, um, just because. Yeah, I mean, I think for the design of it was was great, but I think this movie is aided by the natural that's true locations, that's which true. is really not, I guess you could say, design work in Mother a way. Mother Nature helped design this that's movie. That's true. Mother Nature. <laughs> gave, Mother Nature gets a ten for me. Um, all right. Well, let's get into the musical numbers themselves. Okay. Uh, with this movie, uh, they only cut three songs from the original musical. How um, long is the original musical? Seven hours? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, any numbers that you felt we needed from the original uh, musical? No, I, I think this, all of the numbers that are in there work well, so I don't think you need yeah. to add anything. I mean, the two song, the, the three songs we're missing is a song between the captain and the baroness. Uh, it's called How, how Can Love Survive? Mm-hmm. And it's basically how him saying that only poor people have time for love in a way so that's like yeah that's probably not good i mean i do wish the baroness got a song right she does yeah she does get a song in the original musical i Um, I would have liked to have learned more about her character outside of her relationship to max and the captain but i don't know what you could cut to put that in there yeah no exactly there is a song 
So the, the that song takes place right before the kids come back. Um, in the boat. I think in the boat. Um, and then Max and uh, the Baroness have a song when she's talking about that boarding school process. Mm-hmm. That's where their song kicks in. And then um, Something Good was originally another song called An Ordinary Couple, mm-hmm. which apparently now when you license Sound of Music, I think you get both songs and you can choose. I don't oh. know how that cool. works. Um, but because I know that when we did it, we did Something Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also it has I Have Confidence in there as well. Um yeah, I don't think, you know, it's 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 tough because I don't think An Ordinary Couple is a better song than Something Good. Um, I think they're actually kind of even in mm-hmm. a way; they just sound different, yeah. um, so to speak. But yeah, I don't think I don't think we needed any of those songs. How about any numbers that you would cut from this movie? The only thing I would do is speed up the tempo of Something Good a little bit mm-hmm. because it's such a quiet scene mm-hmm. that that song. I don't know. It. I like. I like the song. It's just a drag on an already quiet scene. Yeah. But I like all of the... I, I think this all of the songs serve a purpose. I know I'm, you're probably going to say Cut Lonely Goat Herd. No. Okay. No, I won't go that far. Um, I will say cut a song from basically Act 1 because yeah. Act 2 has hardly anything. Right. Uh, it has something good. Uh, Maria, how do you solve a problem? Yeah. Maria reprise, and then so long for a while in Edelweiss. Right, that's all you get in that too. Um, so yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen maybe something else, but I think to your point earlier, cut the lyrics of uh, how do you solve a problem like yeah. from the wedding scene. Something good. Again, I think there's a there's an opportunity for a better song there. Yeah, than that. Yeah, I agree. Um, anything that you're gonna fast forward to in this movie? Um, luckily, the thing I would fast forward to is the first scene. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to fast forward, you just start um, the movie. And then I my second, third place are Edelweiss and the puppet scene, just because they're so much fun to watch. Yeah, that's a good that's a good that's a good choice. Um right there. Um <laughs> just, my dog is snoring. <laughs> You're so trying, trying to wake her up. Trying to wake her up just um Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think there's a a, a spot, spot in this movie that I'm gonna fast forward to. I'm just gonna start the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get into our awards. Mm-hmm. So we like to give out some pretty prestigious awards on this podcast. <laughs> the first of which is literally the namesake of this award. It's the <laughs> Julie Award for Julie Andrews, who we feel is probably the best movie musical singer of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so who gets your Julie Award? Julie. Now let me ask you this: Had it not been Julie, let's let's take Julie Andrews out of the equation. Who gets your Julie Award? But not. But it can't be Julie Andrews. Um, Liesl. Yeah, me too. Charmaine Carr. Yeah, definitely. Uh, how about your Russell Crowe Award for I the worst give, singer in this movie? I didn't give anyone the Russell Crowe Award. Really? I think they all did a fine job, Christopher. And yeah. I know you're going to give it to a poor, innocent child. I'm going to give it to Gretel. <laughs> Gretel gets mine. Yeah. Can't even hold, the, can't even hold that note at the end. Uh. <laughs> um, all right, finally, the Bumlet Award. Who gets your Bumlet as the secondary extra character? All right, so it goes to Herr Zeller. The Nazi? The Nazi. Wow. Um, because... Because you just don't like him? I just don't like him. But obviously he's doing a good job if I dislike him that much. Every time he's in a scene, I get like a stink face. Wow. So I think he gets the bumlet because he makes me feel angry every time he's on stage. There you go. It's actually, that's a very good reason to pick that word. For me, it's going to be Marnie Nixon and his sister Sophia because mm-hmm. it's Marnie Nixon. I mean, you're talking <laughs> about the greatest you know, singer who dubbed basically everybody... Uh, in movie musicals in that era, I mean, she did Deborah Kerr in 
um, The King and I. She did Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady, and she's there playing Sister Sophia in that opening, uh, that How Do You Solve a Problem with Maria. I was like, oh my god, Marnie Nixon, you get my you get my bum little word. You should get maybe we should nickname this the, the Marnie. I don't know. Who knows? No, keep it as bumbling. Keep it as bumbling. Yeah, he, yeah, he's just like you just like newsies. <laughs> All right, Nicole, last question. Uh, and I asked this question because now it's actually a serious conversation that we have to have is should this get a remake? Because we are getting a West Side Story remake this coming fall. So there are no longer classic epic movie musicals that are safe from right. remakes in a way. Should this get a remake? Uh, my thought is no. Only because if they remade it, it would not be this movie. Right. It would be something different. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to do a Sound of Music-esque movie that takes place before the takeover of Nazi Germany. Okay, great. You can do that. But I, I have fears that they are turning... They would turn Sound of Music into cabaret, mm. and obviously they wouldn't go that far. But I think knowing what we all know now, that we would have to do, we'd have to dig deeper, right? And it wouldn't be the same children frolicking through the mountains movie that I love. Yeah, I mean, we got that very weird NBC Live version with. Oh, Jerry I didn't Underwood. watch that. That was awful. But um, it, it yeah, I, I, I don't think they should get a remake. I really mm-hmm. do. I think that it's. I don't. I wouldn't call it a perfect film, but I think it's. It's an iconic enough movie that just don't touch it. But at the same time, I felt the same way about West Side Story, and they're touching it. So, right. um, here's my thing. My message to Hollywood is this: there are a lot of bad movie musicals out there. Paint Your Wagon, for instance. We do a, paint your wagon. We, we do <laughs> try to perfect that. Or, or all right. So I love Babes in Toyland. Uh, I know most people don't love Babies in Toyland, but if we're looking in the Disney universe of remaking movies, like, remake Babes in Toyland. Remake Babes in Toyland. <laughs> now that Disney technically owns Sound of Music, like... Don't touch don't it. Don't touch it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of movie musicals out there that are not great. Um, and I, I think are prime for a, a big screen um, serious remake. And this is not one of them. So... Uh, seven brides for seven brothers. Do that. Oh no! Leave no? that alone. Uh, One because you could. Nobody could remake it with that concept anymore. It's that's horrible. True. Yeah, it's, that movie's not as well. Um, no, I still love it, but you can't. Like, Gigi, no, no, nope. no wait a can't, can't do that one either. Oh gosh, yeah, it's 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 gonna be tough trying to find some some of these ones. But anyway, leave Sound of Music alone. I, yeah. I think it's fine. There was a really successful Broadway revival about ten years ago. Perfect. Like, leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> leave it at that. Um, all right. Well, Nicole. Yes. Any parting thoughts about Time of Music that you'd like to say before we sign off? Um, just if you have not taken a walk and sung The Hills Are Alive, just give it a shot. I think you'll enjoy yourself. Like, actually do it in the, in, in the forest? Yes. Like just run around? Absolutely. What do you think I do when I go on hikes with Sam? You we just, sing. You sing? Oh. <laughs> wow. Sorry to miss that. <laughs> Really am. But give it a shot. I think you'll enjoy it yourself. Why not? Why not? Exactly. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for us on the Movie Musical Shakedown. Um, like I said, with the coronavirus and us being basically quarantined, <laughs> yes. uh, we will be doing a lot of these podcasts. So um, get ready because it's going to be uh, <laughs> just a nonstop fest. Um, you know, who knows what... This is what podcast one is going to be like. Who knows what the banter is going to be by podcast 20. I know. We might be absolutely insane. It's a very good 
possibility. We'll see. We might be at, at each other's throats. Who knows? Um, know. We'll see. But um, thank you for listening. Uh, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Podcast Network at onstageblog.com. This is also on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere you can find your podcast. So please give it a listen. Um, follow us because uh, it definitely helps, you know, all the algorithms and such and things like that. But, um, Nicole, thank you so much. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Folks, we'll see you right here next week on the movie Musical Shakedown. What song to sing. One song to leave behind one day more. No day.